Hey, what up, boxing fans? This is the Rope of Dope Radio Podcast. I am your host, Chris Carlson. We are live on a Thursday night. Life got on the way on Tuesday. I'm pretty sure I'll be good for next Tuesday. But thanks for staying with me, um, you know, on these Thursday nights. We got a lot to discuss, obviously. We're going to get into some recap, you know, from the ESPN card. Um, you know, had some interesting fights, no doubt about it. That Maloney-Sanchez fight really popped off. That was a good, good fight. That was, I I mean, that's probably the leading candidate for fight of the year thus far. Peturbiev Smith didn't go too well for Kaleem Smith, that's for sure. Um, and now we move on to a summer matchup with Bivol, according to, uh, you know, the folks from Saudi. So, that's a matchup that has been, you know, it actually hasn't been talked about a whole lot, to be honest with you, as far as uh, the media, especially in the U.S. and whatnot. We haven't seen the constant, uh, you know, berating of uh, those two promotional companies, but they've had belts for like, what, five years, maybe six years or something. So it'll be good to get that thing across the the line the finishing line right it would be it'd be great it would be great to get that undisputed um that would be phenomenal and you know i remember mentioning this somewhat recently and i got a couple messages talking about the political thing you know um that's why it can't be made for the wbc and and first of all that's bullshit okay that's a bullshit excuse obviously and I, and i'm assuming most people can see that and i believe the last time i talked about it i mentioned that you know um but that just came up lately you know (laughs) the ukraine war as in russia invasion has not been going on for the last few years right it hasn't been 10 years or nothing like that or not 10 but hasn't been five years so some of that is like nah dude they didn't make this fight man you know and we got to put pressure on Every entity that doesn't make fights, not just one entity, because that's usually what it what it comes down to. If it involves a PBC fighter, you know it's going to get way more pressure. That's that's my point. It's like let's just be let's be fair, you know. Let's be fair about it. Put pressure on these folks. Do it, man. But but don't ignore some. That that's my point there. We'll talk a little bit about that Pro Box card. I didn't get a chance to see all of it. It was last night. Um, Pro Box TV. Like I said, that app is really cheap, and they put on good mid-level fights, prospect fights. Uh, it's, it's it's more than paid off because it's so cheap. You know what I mean? Um, and then Natasha Jonas um, and Michaela Mare is uh, fighting this weekend. I really like that fight. I'll definitely have a, a segment kind of breaking that thing down. And then, of, cur- of course, like current fight news, a variety of items. Uh, we got a matchroom, Queensberry, Frank Warren, Eddie Hearn stuff. Um, it sounds like, you know, the PBC Amazon thing is uh, going to get announced here soon. Um, I mean, the deal got announced, but the first fight, I don't know if it'll be just the first fight. Then they'll put out a schedule. Or if they'll go month to month, have no clue um, how that's going to work. I'm assuming it'll be more than one fight. Maybe not. I don't know for a fact. But we'll talk about a variety of, you know, like I said, current fight news. There's a 
fair amount of boxing Twitter in the boxing Twitter segment that we definitely got to get to. Some tweets that kind of just make you scratch your head. Like, dude, are you a boxing fan or what's going on? Um, but anyway, yeah, we're, we're going to talk all about it in just a short little bit. If this is your first time listening to the Rope It Up Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Open. Download the show directly there. You can find this year's show under Rope Dope Radio uh, on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Uh, you can download the podcast app, podcast or Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbeat, Podbay, Podtail. Just basically Google it, right? And you'll find it out there, no doubt about it. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com, Eastside Boxing, and Phil Boxing. One more thing, when it comes to direct TV stream, um, you know, get get your package today. Sign on up for your package. You can you go choose anyone you'd like at the best in streaming TV. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Choose that DirecTV stream package that's right for you. And right now, DirecTV uh, stream in stars has a deal going on. $5.50 a month for three months. Order today. Sign up today. Either go to the website, DirecTV stream, or call 1-800-531-5000. That's DirecTV stream. Okay. Let's get into the ring. Right, that's that's where we like to start um, the podcast, right? Um, and you know what? Well, I'll, I'll deal with that later. Okay, so you know, Baturbiev Smith. Um, you know, I, I don't. The sixth round was close. I really don't know how many more than that. I, I saw people giving them two. Saw someone give him three rounds. I, I just didn't see that. Um, you know, I just didn't see it. Um, Baturbiev came, you know, right off the bat, um, already trapping Smith on the ropes in round one. That right hand to the body um, was doing, you know, doing the the, the trick early. Um, you know, he kind of closed that round with some good clean shots. Now, Smith was able to, you know, kind of uh, work his way out of the ropes, though, in that round, you know, first round. He landed several good shots. Um, Heavy right hand, more right hands to the body midway through the second. Uh, Baturbiev's jab, which I believe is pretty underrated uh, because, you know, like I said, he's really good at that jab and then the left hook, turning it into a left hook. And that's actually what Smith did. Um, a few sweeping right hands as well. He did pretty good in the second round, I thought. Um, but the jab to the head and body in the third round, then he started adding Baturbiev did um, Lennon uppercuts and these chopping right hands. And, you know, Smith, for the most part, was just landing like scoring shots, right? Nothing landing all that hard, not a whole lot anyway. Um, but you know, he still had his jab going, still putting in a little body work, but overall just, you know, wasn't trying to, or not, yeah, wasn't really putting a whole lot into his punches. Um, you know, early in the fourth round, big right hand, 
And then Baturbiev was shown his timing. He was landing good, heavy shots in a flurry, but it was time shots because, you know, give credit to, to Smith. He was trying to, like, bob his head a lot and really move his upper body. And it was just like, Baturbiev just kept like, did, 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 bam, bam, bam. You know, he, he was timing him really well. Um, and then the uppercuts, one of them, I think it was the fifth round. Let me check my notes really quick. Yeah, I think it was the fifth round. Uppercut to the throat. To the jugular. No, that 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 looked uh that looked like it hurt really bad, dude. Um, and like I said, I did think the sixth round, you know, he was actually landing the right hand and hooks and jabs, kind of mixing it up. If you were gonna give him a round, I'd say that would be the round. Uh a huge right hand to the head, followed up by more right hands, like several right hands, knocked down. Smith gets up, more right hands and just a flurry, done, you know, done deal. Callum Smith gets finished. Um, that was uh that was a really good performance, you know. Um, like I said, I, I named my uh my prediction article, which I post, you know, in a variety of uh, of places, um age and inactivity. And, you know, I keep saying at some point, yes, Baturbiev will fall off the cliff age-wise. It'll just happen. Um, I don't see it happening this summer <laughs> against Bivol. And I really hope if Bivol has the style to really contain him and make him miss, I really hope, although some people will, I really hope that people don't use it as an excuse. Um, not like Bivol's all that young right but the inactivity i could see to an extent right because he was out for a year um but the the thing was you know callum smith was out way longer and he had to be just as sharp you could make an argument you know for a guy coming to you you know you really need to be on your p's and q's you can't be getting any kind of rust off so um that was tough so like i said it's not about who will he fight next Baturbiev, because it sounds like they have a deal. Dimitri Bibble, I think we discussed it last week, uh, or not not really discussed it, but, you know, um, made a point saying that he already signed his deal. Now, I know Baturbiev was kind of giving him shit for it um, and saying, well, how can he sign a deal when I haven't even signed the deal? And But then again, that's kind of how the Saudis work over there. Um, you know, they deal individually. So, um, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, they're going to let, of course, Ramadan go, give him some months to uh, recoup, um, and then get it on. And like I said, I think it's about, I think it's, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's at least five years. It may be six years since they both had belts at 175. So this has been a long, long time coming. Really looking forward to it. It's a great style matchup. And, you know, may the best man win. That, that's, you know, so they recently both got some fights in, so that's good. Can't wait for that matchup. Can't miss matchup. And I think, you know, just Baturbi of style is just so fun, you know, that I really think, you know, that it, it'll just bring so much, you know, out of, in my opinion anyway, it'll bring so much out of, uh, out of, you know, I think that'll really help a guy like 
um, Bivol, who, you know, kind of needs someone to bring the stuff out, if we're being honest. So, yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to that. Then we had uh, Murdoch, um, who fought hard. You know, he didn't, you know, win any rounds or anything. He he, he definitely showed a lot of heart against Mbilly. Um, but Mbilly came out, you know, going to the body, definitely, you know, multiple body shots that were landed really, really well. Um, counter left hooks as well. Um, you know, I, actually, what am I saying? I'm looking at my scorecard round. They, they both have M's. That's right. I switched it. Uh, Murdoch actually landed some good counter left hooks, but some beautiful, beautiful shots and, and a couple of really big body shots. Um, you know, Murdoch, that, that was a good round for him technically. Uh, but yeah, more body work. And then midway through, big right hands um, from Mbilly, late uppercut, I think a few of them. Um, and, and, you know, the last part, you know, he was on the ropes, was Murdoch. Now, he had his little moments and stuff like that. That was kind of somewhat what was going on throughout the whole fight. Um, round three, I mean, even, what was it, round three, um, what was the power shots Four was it forty one to thirteen? Is that what I wrote down? But hooks, um, right hands, straight right hands, uppercuts. They were exchanging a fair amount. It just, you know, and Billy's just getting the better of them. Clearly, you know what I mean. Um, I think it was the fourth round, if I remember correctly, where the hook, uh, a hook knocked out um, the mouthpiece. But yeah. Yeah, I think it was the fourth round. Looking at my notes, yeah, and just heavy shots, but just letting go some big, big shots. I mean, um, and Billy is just a fun. I mean, when Bradley said it's target practice out there, it really was. You know, going to the body with both hands, then he would attack up top, and you could just see Murdoch fading badly. You know, um, now the sixth round was actually a better round for Murdoch, but he was still getting tagged and uh, there wasn't much more beyond that, right? It was a wrap at that point. And uh, like I said, Murdoch showed some heart, got a good chin, but uh, you know, I'll say this, you know, the we talk about the broadcast all the time and um, you know, for them to be talking about the number one contender. He said he wants Canelo next and all that stuff. It's like, dude, he may be number one at WBC, but you know, we are, we know who the mandatory is. There's a damn interim, you know, uh, champ there, you know, or whatever you want to call it, you know? Um, so I thought that was a little weak and not only that, but is that really like, I really, I don't know. I would have liked them to talk about realistic fights more. You know, he's got dreams of Canelo, but these three, four opponents, you know, like start building those as well. Don't just bring up Canelo and and have that be your main focus because one, he's not going to get the Canelo fight. Not now. anyway. Maybe when the PBC deals up, he would get, you know, top rank will sign him or whatever, you know, who knows. Right. But I just, it's just an ongoing thing 
with the broadcast teams and just the broadcast in general. I mean, you know, the the people behind the mics, they're saying it, so obviously there's some responsibility there, but there's also, you know, they don't produce the whole show, right? Um, and so, yeah, that, that was a little like, all right, dude, you know, like, what are we doing here? Like, but anyway, he's a fun fighter to watch. And, and like I said, I would to see him against David Morrell. I don't think it's going to happen, you know? I think they'd have to probably overpay him. Um, that would be a that would be a great action fight. The one thing I'll say, uh, I like how they're moving um, in Billy, but he does throw everything hard. You know, defensively, he's there to be hit. Probably too much for a, you know a top level guy, but it sure will be fun <laughs> while while it lasts or while we get there. He's an all action guy. And uh, they've kept him busy, and I like the way they've moved him. So we'll see, you know, who's next. He does have options. Hopefully it just, you know, gets the fight within the next four, six months. I would say for sure within the, the next – I wouldn't even doubt if it was the next four months. They've been moving him pretty well. But if it's a bigger fight, it may, you know, it may take uh, to the summer. And I'm saying relatively speaking, of course. Now – um I'm going to go ahead and bring in John here just a second. I want to talk about this uh, Sanchez-Maloney fight really quick. And, Mal- and Sanchez, this is a fight that I thought was going to be good, right? And I think I saw him anywhere from like a plus 220 to a plus 280. I think I think I wrote down, hold on, let me check. Yeah, the ESPN bet, bet odds had him plus 260 um, at the beginning of the fight. And, you know, the first three rounds, I gave Sanchez all three of them. Um, now, you know, he, he was mostly landing the jab um, and then, you know, starting to land uh, the right hand as well. I did think Maloney, like in the last minute of the first round, uh, did pick it up a little bit. You know, he was landing some combos uh, to the uh, to the body and head. Uh, but the jabs, a few right hands in the second round, and then the left hook. He started landing that left hook throughout this fight, did Sanchez. Um, and really a nice late right hand by Maloney, but mostly body work at that time. He was trying to move on the outside circle and all that, and it took him a while to find his range and, and rhythm. Um, and also, speaking of just moving on the outside, he really needed to um, – you know, push him back. And that's something once he did that, and I'm pretty sure Bradley was the one saying that too. Uh, it did change the fight, but in the third round, we started to get more of the inside action. Um, and I thought Sanchez uh, talking about the left hook, I thought the jab for the full fight for Sanchez was the key. Once again, uh, Maloney, mostly to the, to the body. Um, and he did, I think, I think they ruled it a headbutt, but they, he did get a cut over his right eye. I believe it was, yeah, his right eye, but, um, and, and both of them started landing these short inside uppercuts, but I thought, you know, the jabs, his uppercuts, Sanchez's in a couple hooks, I still thought, thought he won that round, but then I thought Maloney made a run. Um, I gave him. 
let's see, I gave him the fourth and fifth, um, you know, multiple flush right hands. And like I said, he started pushing them back. And he finally was the one that was mixing kind of uh, the quick combinations. But then those short shots that were finding a home that was, you know, really landing flush, whereas the first three rounds, Sanchez was the one doing that. Sanchez did close well in that fifth round, so I gave him the fourth, the fifth, uh, Maloney. The sixth, I thought, was a really back-and-forth round. It was a swing round. I thought the hooks and uppercuts, both to the head and body, were the difference for Sanchez, but I could see if you gave that one to Maloney. But then, like I said, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, for me, the way Maloney was, you know, not just busier, but he was mixing up his shots. And there was plenty of two-way in there. It just overall, like I said, a little bit more active and just better shots. And once again, backing him up, especially in the eighth and ninth round, he was definitely backing him up. And But I did think Sanchez found some footing down the stretch of this fight, and I gave him the 10th in the 11th. He landed the harder shots. I thought he was landing more combinations. Um, the 11th was just a really fun round. You could probably label that as a swing round as well. That was a very competitive round. Um, and I remember this is another thing about coming into this fight with Sanchez. It's like he'd never been 12 rounds. And, um, you know, although down the stretch in the 12th round, it got sloppy. Both of them, though, not just Sanchez. He definitely was uh, fading, though, you could really see. Uh, he did kind of close with like a shoe shine combos and stuff like that. But the better shots uh, for me were Maloney. I had it six to six, um, six, five, one or seven, five for Sanchez. Uh, you could say either way, six, five, one or seven, five, either way. I'd be okay with that. I didn't agree with two of the scorecards having eight to four, though. I don't think either guy won eight rounds. Didn't see it. Have, I've only watched it once, but I, I did not see that part. Um, overall, the, let's see, Maloney landed 297 to Sanchez's 362. Both of them very accurate, 36% for Maloney, 40%. I mean, both threw over 800. I mean, damn, Sanchez was almost 900. Uh, punches and then body shots 96 to 51 and jabs 102 64 um you know like i said i think that jab was the key to to almost double them up on the jab and they were like assertive jabs too i thought that was a major major difference in that fight i'm gonna go ahead and bring in a great boxing mine Okay, sorry, I'm still still kind of getting new to this here. What's going on, John? How the hell are you, my friend? Oh, let me uh do I I think do I have you move oh there we go. I got you. How you doing, sir? Chris, how's it going tonight? Yeah, keeping warm enough? Yeah, man, I see you are with the nice little uh, you know, fire going on in the uh, in the background there. Yeah, I figured I'd go with that theme, uh, considering that's what we're getting in a lot of the uh, U.S. right now. A need to uh, need to keep warm and 
we understand what you have up there in Minnesota, but uh, there have been some more Minnesota like temperatures. Uh, I'm in West Virginia right now, and it's been surprisingly surprising how much we've we've had of that the last uh, week or so. You know, it is unbelievable. Like even in Texas, like before we got this cold front, it was actually colder down there than here. And it's like, it's January. Like, this is crazy. And we're still, like, the northern Minnesota did get a little bit more snow. Parts of the southern part did get a little more. But the Twin Cities, we can still see the blades of grass, John. We, we, still, that really... we still haven't even gotten, like, a three- or four-inch snowfall. Now, we don't get, you know, what Buffalo and – the upper peninsula we don't get those huge huge four foot five foot storms but we get snow you know what i mean and this is Uh, crazy and it's hurting a lot of industry because a lot of people come here to travel and get that oh let's go out and go to this resort and you know do a bunch of outdoor stuff in the snowmobile industry and the skiing and you know you can make fake snow but it it really hurts when you fall and it just sucks to ski on it it's it's been crazy this year. I can't believe it. We're about to jump back in the 30s for like a week in a couple of days. That it's is just, crazy because it's unbelievable. It's, it's the opposite down here. West Virginia is supposed to get six inches tonight, just starting now, and uh, was just at an event a couple hours ago. And a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the lawyers I know are talking about heading out early, going skiing tomorrow with uh, and and New Jersey, which you know I. I split my time between West Virginia and New Jersey, working in both. Uh, West Virginia, uh, New Jersey's got a state of emergency tonight, too. And there was one eight-inch storm while I was up there. And, uh, you know, they're, they're getting – so they're getting some more, too. So it's, it's some, some crazy weather stuff going on. I mean, this is the definition. People keep talking about global warming. That's just, you know, tracking the temperature, right? People get stuck on that word, global warming. You know, it's like – this is climate change, you know, right. this is I the agree. exact definition. Like we don't know the, the, all what's going to happen, but this is pre- this is proof that, Hey dude, we got some things coming up. This is climate change. I mean, exactly. Oh, no doubt hell, about it. How on that? This is Minnesota for Christ's sakes. Like it's unbelievable. It's oh, no crazy. doubt about it. And um, where I'm from in Jersey and where, where I, when I'm in Jersey, where I spend my time, house in my hometown um now the areas up there that didn't used to get the kind of water they're getting now they're they're they just get they just get water that they that they never used to get and that that was going on twice in the last couple of weeks so i agree i I thought the same thing i just thought that this is what we're talking about when we talk about climate change yeah i mean there's no way around it we've had this is our first cold spell of the year took till january something and it's lasted about five days, and it has gotten to negative and all that. And we're used to that stuff. But literally, by Sunday, it's going to be in the mid-30s again. And it's it might rain, for Christ's sakes, and not snow. You know, it's just – and we've had a fair amount of rain, which, you know, like around Christmas, it rained on and off for three straight days. That would have been all snow, you know? So it's, right. Yeah, it's – I never thought, John, that I'd be like, I want snow, you know, like, bring me some fucking snow. Like, I didn't think I'd ever get to the point where I'm, like, asking for snow in the winter, you know? It's, yeah, it takes you, out of your, takes you out of your rhythm 
a bit when you get used to it over all those years. Yeah, yeah. And last year we were like the third, I think it was the third or fourth most snow we ever had. Duluth up by Lake Superior, they had the most snow they had. So that's that whole, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. But El Nino is really like on HGH this year because this is like some, I mean, we got to start naming it like El Nino 4.0 or something like that because this is, uh, this is crazy. But anyway, let's get into the ring. Uh, Baturbiev, Smith, um, you know, good, really solid performance. And kind of give give your thoughts on that fight. And then obviously now we're hearing that the Saudis sometime in the summer are, are going to make the fight that we, we, we've been waiting for, you know, I think they've had belts for like five or six years at 175. So, but let's talk about uh, the fight that happened in the ring last Saturday, sir. You better be ever. That's the way I took it too. It was a, it was a solid performance. I mean, I've always, you know, like better be Evan and what what he can do in there, you know, with with his with his power and his aggression. I actually, you know, he does have amateur pedigree and doesn't mean he can't do other things. But I disagree with some people who say, well, he's he's got all this nuance and stuff. I'm not saying he doesn't have some of that, but I, I guess the way I want to put it is sometimes when he's not as effective is when he thinks he's too much of a boxer and tries to box a bit much. I I don't think he did that Saturday, but let's say, I think I saw maybe a bit different. I'm not saying Smith, you know, Peter Biev was certainly winning the fight. No doubt about that. You know, I, I didn't think it was out of line to give Smith a round or two, but no doubt, you know, beater, you know, better BF was winning and controlling the fight and he's got tremendous power. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, he hits you when he hurts you, but in, you know, the, the majority of the fight where beater B better BF was winning. I just thought that wasn't all he's breaking down Smith, like, like a lot of fans and else were saying, I'm not saying there wasn't some of that, but, you know, it, it Smith Smith was doing, you know, making the same mistakes that he's made in the past uh, when he's fighting better opposition. He doesn't he doesn't use his height. Uh, you know, McGirt had obviously helped him some, even even though the two KOs with McGirt were against lesser opposition. He did look really good, but this is not just Smith. You know, he's he's thirty three. Other higher level fighters, when they get to a certain age, it's it's not that the good trainer can't help him at all in the gym and and they certainly can help with a fight plan strategy but it does amaze me that especially with the veteran fighters that when you really do listen in the corner no matter how good of a trainer they have they think they know what to do and they don't listen um i'm thinking of this fight mcgurt was telling smith correctly to throw the left hook to the body and the couple of times that Smith did it, it was effective, really effective, but he, he never, he never stuck with it. I mean, I'm sure he's afraid of getting countered. You know, when you go to the body, you're in with a huge puncher, like better be if you're leaving yourself open. And I understand that's easier said than done, but, but it's, it's just when, when you, you do see fighters especially the veterans that even when they have a really good trainer, they're, they're just not listening. So saw some of that. And again, it's, 
I don't know at this point in his career if it's just that that Smith won't do it or he can't do it. But the the examples are there against much lesser fighters than better BF. You know, he when he fought Ryder, he just you know that was his most famous example. I did think he edged it out, but but still he he looked terrible. He he was just languishing on the ropes during that fight, letting a shorter, less talented guy get to him. You, if you if you look at Smith's entire career, I mean, go back even in that WBSS 168 when he fought, you know, Nicky Holson, a late replacement who was basically a kickboxer. And even though he won the fight, he, he was doing the same type of stuff. You know, he he's 6'3", he has good punching power when he uses it and, and the jab, but he, he just doesn't do it. And as good as better be of is he's 38 turning 39 in like a week or so and you know smith still just lang you know languishing on the ropes won't, won't sustain the jab moving forward so i think it was better be of winning but i don't think it was all that he would you know it was this strategic he's just breaking him down and then i thought even though he was clearly winning controlling the fight what i did like from better be of it you know because with a puncher like him, you've always got to respect that. And when you see that, the the KO itself, I thought then he he showed the flashes of of the the power and the kind of punches yeah. that he's shown, you know, throughout his career and and in in young, younger days when he was first, you know, getting on the scene. So that 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 was that was impressive. Um, you know, I've always said to me, better be Ev at his best. I'm not saying the styles are exactly the same, but but I've been saying this for a long time. What I've always liked about him is you look at his stature, he, he's about the same height as Tyson was. Um, they both fought as heavyweights in the amateurs, um, you know, had had significant amateur careers. And there's there's times when, when better BF gets some of these impressive KOs, especially when he was younger, that you know, I, I, I see types of types of punches and, and, you know, coming from his stature that that Tyson would throw. And, you know, of course, that for a puncher, that's that's, you know, one of the best compliments you can yeah, give. And, and and at right. And at the KO, I thought that even at 38, about to turn, turn 39, he, he was throwing those kind of shots. And I didn't see that earlier. And, you know, it was impressive because. If, if he can still throw shots like that, you know, any, anybody he's fighting, you know, he's, he's going to still have a crack at, at taking out. And, you know, Smith is a legitimate, a legit opponent, uh, you know, legit light heavyweight contender at this point. Uh, so it, it, it was, a, it was, it was a good solid fight going in and it was a good, it was a good solid performance and certainly a legit victory, but we, we didn't see, we didn't we didn't see the advancement of Smith that we've always been hoping for, and that's kind of become a full career thing. You know, he languished on the ropes against Canelo too and got shut out. All he didn't do was get stopped, but didn't right. use his height at all. And we've we've just seen this repeatedly from him. And you know, after this KO loss, we can say we're we're, we're never we're never going to see him utilize those physical tools fully, and that's kind of disappointment for him. Now moving forward, like you said, you've got better B Evan Bival. One thing that is, makes it interesting, and it is somewhat exciting for you know fans of the sport, 
is the Saudis are proving whatever money they're putting out, it's real. And it's going to, it's going to bring these guys in and bring these fights together. So better be Evan Bivol. It's a fight we've wanted to see for a long time. I think we have to be in fairness to better be Ev though. Look, he he's turning 39 right now. You know, he, he's going to be yeah. the, at the earliest that fight happening, you know, in the second half of this year. Right. Although these fights with the Saudis have been happening quick, even if it's a few months, he's going to be 39. So, you know, that that's just like when Wilder fought Parker recently. I mean, that's a significant, you, you can't ignore that age disadvantage, even when you're getting into the higher weight classes, like light heavyweight and heavyweight. So, you know, I, I see people talking about it like, you know, just like, oh, we've waited in the seat. Hey, one guy's 30. You know, let's be fair to better be ever. The guy's 30. The guy's 39 now. You know, he's at a disadvantage yeah, there. Yeah, Bivol's 33. Saying, right. So he's the same age Smith was. I mean, it's getting advanced too, but, yeah. you know, still, there's a disadvantage there for it's better be ever. And we can't, I don't think we can pretend that the fight hasn't marinated too long where there, there's not one guy at an age disadvantage now. And I'm not saying he can't win. I'm not saying I have a pick yet. Uh, you know, I find myself Bivol style. I, I don't enjoy his style myself. So I'm just going to say that there. Uh, you know, obviously he keeps winning, but he hasn't had a KO for what, five years now. Um, I, I just don't, I just don't find his style particularly enjoyable to watch. He, he paced, he posted a training video of himself saying, let's get this on. And I was laughing a little bit as good as his pedigree is and, and, his professional career has been in terms of winning. He, he was showing himself hitting the heavy bag and he was, he was, he was jumping in and out when he was hitting the heavy bag. And I was yeah, laughing like, at myself saying, back. <laughs> right. Say this guy can't even stay in there. Literally gets the heavy bag. And I'll, I'll, I'll close with That's that funny. is the one thing that does interest me in better BF's favor about this fight, even at 39 is that will be somewhat interesting is and I think this is a real factor is even though he's going to have slowed up and everything, if Bivol is as cautious as he is, you know, fighting guys like Lyndon Arthur and Salamov, and, and we've seen this repeatedly from Bivol, yeah. when he's in with a guy that punches as hard as better Bev, even if better Bev slowed up, it's kind of a mental thing. You know, how, how cautious is the guy going to be? I mean, this guy won't, you know, this guy won't get close to contact with fighters that aren't a quarter of what better BF is. So, you know, even if he, he could do more, that's going to be one factor that might help better BF is that just he mentally. Could bring it you know, out of him. That's what I'm thinking right. of too. I think that's that the pressure too. is going to force something, you know? Right. Whatever that Good may point. be, you know? <laughs> Well, good. You know, you got a good point. You know, right? The other side of that coin is, as you're saying, Chris. You know, maybe Bivol, you know, gets on such high alert that he's really got to fight, and this guy comes at you. He's, you know, I do think Bivol is one of those guys that he he has the offense if he would just use it. You saw it very early in his career, but and and you know, actually some punching power, but he he just he just won't he just hasn't done it literally for five years. So, right. yeah, it would have to be brought out of him at this point where he, you know, he digs deep and, and just he has to do that to win. But I'm but I'm wondering, you know, with this level of cautiousness he's been at, can he right. do it at this point? But then B.W.B.F. is 39. 
you know, you, you don't, you know, you're, it's not going to be there every time when you're coming up the stairs to the ring at 39. So I, I think he is at a bit of a disadvantage there, but solid win, solid win for uh, better be Evan Smith. It does look like we're, we're never going to see what at least we thought he might've been. Maybe we were just wrong. I mean, maybe he just can't do some of the things we thought he seemed he should be able to do, but that window is probably closed now. Yeah, and even that fight against John Ryder kind of lend itself to the style of Turbiev style as far yep. as getting him on the ropes and even that little duck down he does. Um, but, you know, that a lot of it, not just his ranking, you know, um, that he got at 168 for beating Groves, which, you know, I think a lot of people, we've talked about this in the past, we haven't talked about it in a while, but, you know, you do have to rank them. You know, and so if somebody beats a high-ranked guy, no matter if they're in their best shape or not, or coming off an injury, it just like the Spence thing. It it is. It's not just like the Spence thing, but you know, Groves clearly, I don't think was that healthy in that fight. You know, because they postponed it and all that. So I kind of think that maybe some of it that we saw, you know, just had something to do with that as well. Where you're like, man, he beat Groves, and it was convincingly, but. Did he really beat the Groves from a couple of years ago that, you know, I'm not saying he would have beat him, you know, that Groves would have beat him for sure. Nothing like that, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's like there, there's definitely something there that could be very effective on the top level, but you're right. It just, uh, for whatever reason, you know, and maybe it is just us seeing that and going, wow, you know, that, that was pretty damn, you know, good against Groves. Who's a game fighter. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe that was, you know, maybe that was it too. I don't know, but um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe you know, it kind of, kind of had one step in the retirement, uh, you know, area um, after the fight. You know, um, don't know if he's done or not, but we'll see. Um, let's talk about the Maloney Sanchez, which was a di- you know really fun fight to watch. Yeah, I thought Sanchez would do good. I didn't think he'd do this good. Um, what were your thoughts on that? How did you score it? Cause like I said, I, you know, if people scored it for Maloney, that that's okay with me, but I, I did, I definitely did not see the eight rounds for either guy. I thought it was a really competitive fight. Yeah. It ended up being a surprisingly good fight. Uh, yeah. Top rank, you know, with the featherweight fight with Espinosa and Ramirez, they got, a, they got a, a great fight. They got a really good one with this one at Bantaway. And those, even though they're some of the smaller divisions, they are traditional divisions, which I always like to right, see. True. Um, you know, you just want to see a good fight. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm like everybody else there, but, but historically I, I still, still do like seeing some of the traditional divisions. Uh, and, and those have been some, you know, good fights there on, on ESPN plus mm-hmm. ESPN. Um, this was another really good one. I, I thought in fairness to both guys, where, you know, myself, I thought maybe Sanchez might have edged it, but there was no doubt Maloney won the last round. And on this one, yeah. I, you know, I have to keep perspective and fairness. For for all the fights I've seen lately, and, and, you know, this does seem to happen even more and more, but this definitely was one of them. I could not argue at all with the decision because there were so many rounds in this fight that legitimately could have been scored either yeah. way. And that's why I saw it. I think the only thing that kept, Sanchez, and this is just something he just doesn't have, but from 
from pulling away in the fight and getting a clear victory, I think was he just doesn't have the punching power to support that style. Nope. To support that style he's got, he's sung him a couple times, but Sanchez was very impressive. Otherwise, you know, Manny Robles is on a great run of, of, he had Espinosa and Sanchez. I mean, that, you know, for, for two unknown guys like that to fight that well, in these spots, that, that's a hell of a, a run for Manny Robles. He really deserves a lot of credit that he's, that he's really not getting. Um, really deserves a lot of credit. So he did a great job, uh, even in this one with Sanchez falling short. Really good fight, surprisingly good. I liked the fight. I thought Maloney definitely won the last round, but so many close rounds. I thought, I thought Sanchez might edge it or a draw to me. But I'm not arguing with Maloney winning at all. And even though I didn't like those other cards, I mean, I could probably even go far enough that there were so many rounds that could have gone either way in this fight. If you did end up calling all those close rounds for Maloney, I I could see how you could get there, Uh, even though I thought the fight could have gone to Sanchez. And, you know, Sanchez didn't, you know, Maloney dug down and took that 12th and Sanchez didn't. Um, one round doesn't get you the fight, but there's no doubt that Maloney took that last round. So if it was that tight, uh, you know, I, I think Maloney definitely helped himself by that hustle in the last round. You know, and I thought I already upgraded, but I guess I didn't. Shoot, huh? So I think you got forty five. I think you got forty five. You get forty five minutes there without the upgrade, huh? Something yeah, like I that. I thought I did that. I must have forgotten because it's saying that I. Haven't okay. Well, whatever. Well, we'll move. We'll move. Yeah, we'll, we'll move, move quick. We'll move. <laughs> Maybe it's good to have a brisk, a brisk show. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I, I San, if I was going to give it to anyone, I would give it to Sanchez on my scorecard. But that is a good point. That's why I kind of opened it to like you know either one winning by a little bit. Okay, um, I think I think that's fair. Um, but you're right. Sanchez never really stung him, stung him like he was hurt or right. and then. You know, first time he'd been 12 rounds, he did start to fade a little bit here and there and start to look tired and start to arm punch and all that. Even in the end, it's like, oh, yeah, but those are all just shoe shine, you know, not not much in them. Um, Heart, but not really landing much there. It was more like the look of it. But, uh, but yeah, it was a good fight. Um, So since we have about eight minutes, a little less than eight minutes, um, because I have to go get my credit card and all that stuff, so I don't even know if I'll be able to get it done. Um, but uh, talk about a little bit uh, about Billy, and then we can talk about, you know, the uh, Natasha Jonas and um, uh, Michaela Mayer fight, too, coming up. Yeah. And any other item you want to, you know, briefly touch upon. Let me see if I can't do something here. Yeah, Mobility Billy and, and Murdoch, I didn't like the matchup. It wasn't a good matchup. But, you know, Mobility he was showing a good straight right hand. He's aggressive. Um, you know, he's got the good KO percentage. I can, I, you know, he is, he is entertaining to watch. I do think that a lot of people are, are probably uh, valuing him in terms of ability higher than, than he really deserves. Um, not bad. And, and, you know, he provides some uh, entertainment showed, showed a good straight right hand in this fight, but, you know, Murdoch, not much of an opponent, you know, you know, I don't know who they're going to match him up with. I mean, it, it, it depends. He could be in some entertaining fights. Uh, you know, he's certainly not on the level 
of like a Benavides or a Morel. Uh, so I, I think if you want to use the pump the brakes term, I think in that sense, pump the brakes on Mobili. Of course, yeah. it's the case with a lot of people, but it, you know, it depends who he's going to be in with. I mean, when people are talking about him, just like, well, you know, he's like, like, look, we can even throw Canelo in there because he's been fighting at 168 pounds. He, he, he's getting ranked up at that level now uh, because of the weakness of the division overall. But he, he's not on, he, you know, he's not on the level of a Canelo, a Morel, a Benavidez. Not, not close to that kind of level. So. Uh, I think it depends how you're looking at him. If you think if you think he's a threat or an interesting fight with any of those guys, I'm saying no, he's not. But uh, you know, the the rest of the division is relatively weak, so he he could he could make some entertaining fights with some of those guys. And then you know, Mayer and Jonas, that is a good fight. I mean, I'm interested in that fight. Uh, and I think with Michaela Mayer's height, she can handle the move up on weight. Jonas is 39 now, but has really looked surprisingly good. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere and, and has continued to look good. Very tough fight to call. I, I don't like the way Michaela Mayer, you know, you don't want to just kind of go on eye, but you do see it like, and she's, she's moving up, you know, in, in original weight classes, she'd be moving up a weight class where that matters. You know, she, and she's going from 130 to 147. She, she's got the height for it, but she looks a little bit puffy. But that, to me, could be a concern. Um, but she's got, she's still got, the, even though she might be slipping some, she's got that age advantage on, you know, Jonas. So I, I think I'm maybe just slightly leaning towards Mayer in this one, but she's an, she's an underdog. I think I saw her at plus 125. Yeah, she's um, a slight underdog. Keep talking, too. I'm, I'm actually almost okay. done with this year. All right, t- tough tough call, but uh, looking at the plus 125, I, I like I said, she she looks a little puffy to me at welterweight. Uh, not, not really in a good way, but she's got the height to carry it, so tough call. Jonas at 39 and Mayer does have the height she, where she can handle. She's got the amateur pedigree. I think I'm giving her a slight edge. And, and, you know, might, might be a decent dog play, but, but it is a tight one. I'm, I'm finding that one to be a very, very tough. All right, we're good. Ball. We're good. I say, okay. Just in the nick of time. All right. Just in time. <laughs> um, so going back to in Billy, I did want to kind of go a little bit further. By the way, the overall card, John, uh, average, and this is the full card, right? Average five ninety, um, and then the the Paterbia Smith uh, fight averaged six ninety one, and it did peak at almost eight hundred thousand. So considering, and it was a college basketball lead in. It's funny because midweek. And I don't know, you know, sometimes your cable will mess up your guide or something. But midweek, mm-hmm. I went uh, to go check it. And I don't even know why. I, I don't even know why I did it. Um, I think I got a message from someone saying, hey, is this on ESPN Plus or not? I just made sure. I should have just checked my on-demand. But I did after that. So I went to the guide. It showed Sports Center, And then it showed uh, – and then I went to, you know, because you you can just, you know, record stuff automatically. Anything with boxing, it records, you know. And I went there, and it didn't show anything. And then, like, two days later, 
it popped up and I was like, oh, it's on normally ESPN, not just ESPN plus, but it did good, do a good rating. And it's not like it had a college football lead in either. Um, it had a college basketball, which always is a little less unless you're talking about like, you know, North Carolina against uh, West Virginia, maybe. Say. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, better be have and, you know, you and I do look at these things and, and there has been times a little bit earlier in his career, but where I have gone back and looked at his ratings, um, it's hard to quantify, but, it, you know, people think, oh, well, you know, how could that matter? But it, it does, you know, he, he that's where people underestimate exposure. You know, he did have some PBC fights earlier in his career where yeah, he was on like was on NBC. NBC. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, he got that. Then you look at you look at some of his ESPN appearances. Now it has been a bit sporadic, but yeah. he has he has gotten some some good ratings on ESPN at times. Um, and when you compare it to what else is out there now, yeah, you look at that number and considering how late the start time is. You know, part of it is his decent fight. There are some fans that are just can't blame one bit that discerning enough that the, you know, just like Tiafimo Lopez and Josh Taylor, they're like, oh. This is a you know this is a decent fight. I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in on this one. So you get a little bit of that. But Peter Biev, you know, better Biev has had some good. He has had some good ratings. Mm-hmm. I think when he fought Kalaji, he had, he got a really good rating on there. Yeah, um, really in the ESPN, he got a really good rating too. Yeah, yeah. He's he's had a, he's has had a few. You know, like again, not consistent either. But Lomachenko's had a few because. That's why I always say, you know, U.S. fans do deserve some credit there because that is different, frankly, than just about all the other countries. Uh, I mean, I mean, U.S. fans, uh, there are times that, you know, if there are foreign fighters involved and it's a decent fight, and the U.S. fans will will tune in, and you don't yeah. get that that much in, in other countries. So, uh, yeah, this this kind of was one of those uh, instances. So. He does. He does get, and, that, and that's the problem with the. We were talking about the Saudi money, but then that's the downside of it. If, right. I like that heavyweight card, thirty nine ninety five for a full day of entertainment. But if if the zone, if these are going to these Saudi cards are going to be on the zone, and they're just going to keep throwing pay per view at right. you, keep throwing pay per view at you. I don't. I don't know how much even hardcore fans are going to be withstand able to withstand. Like you look what we've right. got coming up. You've got Fury Usyk on February 17th, Joshua Nugano in what the first week of March. But so are you going to, you have to go pay-per-view on both of those. I mean, that's right. what we're going to be hit with. And then you got to go pay-per-view. And then what price? Is it, is it, is it the full price now? Cause it's the bigger fight or right. is it cut in half? I don't know. Yeah. That's, um, you know, you got to assume the Saudis are taking a hit on this anyway. And, and that's, oh, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly how the dynamics are working, but that's where the promoters are always a problem. And we really do need to see what they're making because right. like if the Saudis, like, well, we can say, I mean, obviously the Saudis are intentionally overpaying for these just because they yeah. want to have these events as part of their, they're not even denying it, you know, part of their campaign of openness and, yep. and, and promoting the, new the openness. Guy literally so said, if I can add a point, a number one, if I can go up a point on my GDP, I'm good. I don't really care right. about all this making money on the revenue. 
Right. Um, so here's what I'm saying is where I'd like to see breakdowns and we'd like to get more disclosure. So where does the pay-per-view part come in? I mean, who, who, right. who, who's grabbing that, you know, who's grabbing that money? That's if the Saudis yeah. are paying all this money, that's not right. all for the fighters or, or shouldn't, shouldn't be because you would want the yeah. fighters getting a good chunk of that Saudi money. So you know, why are all these, you know, why are all these pay-per-view? Because we can say, you, you couldn't say it in most contexts, but this one you can say the Saudis themselves don't really care. They're not in this to make, you know, money off the yeah. event per se. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just here to, to promote, you know, this openness and more progressiveness and, and that right. type of thing. So, so where, where, where does the pay-per-view bombardment come in? Yeah. And, and it is funny how, a lot of the media and some of the key people on boxing Twitter have been just talking the last two years about fighter pay needs to come down because we got, this is, this is bad for the sport and all that. Right. And, you know, we've made fair points about that. No doubt about it. Some fighters have gotten paid way too much and uh, it's messing up the market. It's happened for quite some time. PBC first, then especially zone added another layer to it, like we talked about. But all of a sudden, it's your excellency. And it's right. like, yeah, everything's great now. I'm happy right. I'm getting the fights. It's like, well, hang on now. Wait a second. Weren't you just saying, you know, and, and Eddie Hearn too. Eddie Hearn's been going off for two years about that almost. And now you got, you know, there's no love lost and they're shaking hands. Everything's cool randomly now with Warren and Hearn. They're having a five fight versus five fight, which I like the idea, but it is kind of funny. Like, huh? And they're everyone's like, oh yeah, they're they're good together now, and everything. They finally, you know, it's like they didn't just randomly sit down and be like, man, let's hash this out, let's make some fights, man. No, they got shown the money, and so right. they're doing it. Like it's like, and that's okay, but let's say that. Let's not beat around the bush. By the way, him and. Uh, Joe Smith peaked at nine uh, twelve on ESPN. Yeah, I mean that's okay. for for what we've seen in recent years. That's yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's pr- pretty good for what we've seen in recent years. Yeah, and I like this. You know, I I have been advocating for this for a few years that this is something new and different, and a lot of people like to say, "Well, what these these idiots are just a fan of a certain promotion." Yeah. No, I don't worry about that either. I mean, if somebody wants to be a fan of a certain promotion, that's the way they want to follow the sport. Right. The sport, that that's up to them. So, right. you know, it does add a team. As, I mean, there's two aspects you get yeah. out of the promotions going up against each other that are good. One is the obvious that uh, instead of them just being in-house, they're putting their guys against each other, presumably making better fights. But the second aspect that I think has developed more in recent years, especially where almost all the boxing fans are hardcore anyway now uh, is, is promotion versus promotion. It, it it adds a team aspect to it where if you have a fan of PBC or top rank or matchroom or Queensberry, then you want to see all your guys, you know, beat the other promotion. I mean, that's going to add more interest. Yeah. It's good fun. You know, I think it's good fun. I, I think it's got potential. You know, not a formal team thing, but like kind of an informal team type yeah. thing. I think it's got a lot of potential We've to add to it. The least, uh, they they yeah. were going to do one fell apart, but the Wilder Fury, uh, the second one, had a couple vibes like that where they're back and forth. And I mean, if you're going to make a fight together, you might as well match each. You know, you might as well match them down the card. 
Um, yeah, you know. and and promote that part of it more. I think it adds to it. It doesn't take anything away, and it adds to it. So, yeah, I think this type of event, it's just the Saudis overpaying, but some of the things that they are getting done, um, you know, it, it does uh, it, it does have some potential. And I look at it this way, you know, it's, it's sort of like when Vegas was getting all the, the big fights, you know, in the U.S., it's because of site fees, because they wanted, you know, gamblers coming in and everything yeah. who will come in for the fights. So that's why, why they were getting a fight. So, you know, with the Saudis, you know, there was some controversy at first, but there seems to be less so. And, I, and I, I've read this in regular news as I keep getting to, but I think it's important. Uh, you know, Tom Friedman, who's a, a, a famous, you know, Minnesotan, <laughs> uh, New York Times called this, who, He's written it about it a lot of times and he covers the Middle East regularly. Like it, it really has seemed to the more like, you know, at first there was, you know, controversy because you, you've, and this is legit, you know, about you yeah, know, killing yeah, journalists, yeah. killing journalists and yep. trying to change the image there. But I don't actually think it's been brainwashing by the Saudis or only propaganda, even though this is a propaganda thing. I mean, there's legit writers who cover the Middle East, you know, in a serious fashion. Yeah. Who, as this has gone on, and I think that's why it has died down a little bit for actually, in actually probably a good reason, if I could say it, is, is like, in other words, what the Saudis are trying to do here has turned out to be at least a little bit more in the right direction, you know, trying to get for sure. them a, a bit more progressive and open and open it up to the, to the world more and you know they want to you know get at least slightly more like you know the uae and you know dubai and everything so you know they're they're not going to go that far it's a different you know culture with the conservatism and government still but at least get more towards that and you know that's why the guy running the boxing he is a younger guy and and uh he's take you know he's spearheading these kinds of things in this effort with the the sports and culture or whatever they're calling it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it seems at least, I mean, I know it's proper, there's propaganda involved, but it's, it's starting to not seem like a bad cause. Like we, we initially thought it's like, kind of like, well, if, if they're getting at least more open and making some progress, it's better than no progress. And this is part of it. So. And it is what it is. I mean, we can, right. we could point fingers every which way at our country, at other countries, not line it up the same way, but you know, I mean, it, it is you know, money makes the world go around, obviously, right? And so, now obviously the the pushback would be, um, and I've heard actually somebody talk about that, and it's very, it is close to what you said about Vegas. We could even talk about how we've talked about many times where HBO overpaid to get their stuff, and um, now the Vegas stuff. They don't just pay any fighter, you know, to come on over. It, it is based off the revenue that you can bring in, how much they're going to pay you to get there. Uh, whereas that is not as much, you know what I mean? Because like you said, I mean, how much can they make at that gate? You know what I mean? It's right. not even a big arena, you know? So, but it doesn't matter. I mean, this is what the sport is. Um, it's the word, you know, boxing's not the only sport doing it. The, the UFC, uh, is going to do their first one there. So it is what it is, you know, that that's just uh, the nature of the beast. And, uh, you know, there's some really, 
you know, proven great things about capitalism. And then there's some where you look at the style of capitalism, let's say, where you're like, ah, I'd rather not do that. I'd rather have a different form of capitalism. But, right. you know, it is what it is, you know. So what are you going to do? I just don't like the bending over the top for the same shit. Like, are, so is everybody going to be happy for, for for paying these pay-per-views? Like, no right. matter no, what? I, I, totally, I totally agree because, with you, though. I, you know, I, the other pay-per-views were – we're sacrilegious and killing the sport. So, you know, that's my only problem with that part. You know what I mean? No, I, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, I, I think your point's well taken there and, and that I'm in total agreement with. I'm just saying maybe with the Saudis itself, it wasn't as bad as we initially thought it was going to be, but I agree with you. I mean, there's a segment of boxing media, boxing Twitter fans who don't really have uh, good attitudes about things who, yeah, they, they, they criticize PBC saying they're overpaying people and it's ruining the sport. And then when his excellency does it in Saudi Arabia, it's, it's great. This is great what they're doing. Right. They're, they're great for the sport. And you're like, what? I mean, these guys are overpaying worse than DAZN on their own ever did. And, yeah. Uh, PBC I mean, this ever is like did. a new level now, you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Which, hey, it, it is really what is it is, level. but will it hurt us in a couple of years? Or hurt the sport, you know, ultimately. That's what we don't know. You know what I mean? And I will say this. I wanted to add this, John. Um, They did mention, so the last, uh, the the co-feature main events, right, in December 23rd, I did, I think we documented this. I did see a couple, I saw like a uh, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, commercials every time I watch an ESPN game whether it was college basketball or college football. And they did say that they do want to get, they're going to invest in shoulder programming and they're going to invest. I mean, if you're in, if you're putting up this kind of revenue, you might as well yeah. put it on, you might as well pay to, to get it on a commercial and, and get it right. out there even more rather than just Twitter or YouTube. And so, well, you know, we got to see if they actually do it, but um, so far, they mean business, you know? Yeah. And I, they're, if you want to be a little bit optimistic on the heavyweights with what they're doing, um, there is, there is a chance for a, a little bit of cleanup where I feel like we're, we're, you know, it doesn't help the U S heavyweight tradition. There's no Americans involved. And with that, with that tradition, I do think that that, hurts the hurts the sport and it hurts in the u.s but with that part understood i mean at least you know fury has gotten a lot of u.s exposure i mean if, if fury and Usyk come off on february 17th i mean whoever wins that one i mean to me they're to me really fury's still the champ i mean i don't agree with transnational or the rings ruling even on that uh and uh, you know i i've stated that in those debates uh, right. so to me it's really fury but you've got Ring recognizing Usyk, Transnational recognizing Usyk. Don't agree with that at all, but uh, they are. So, you know, I, I still don't think there should even be a dispute, a real dispute. Forget the alphabet part, belt right. part, but but there is a little bit of a dispute there even. So you clean that up with whoever wins, whether it be Usyk or Fury. Um, then I think, you know, the with Joshua and Nagano, following right up after that that's a chance 
in my view, you know, the way I stated right after the Fury and Gano, you know, I, I still yep. stand by it. I felt that was terrible for the sport of boxing. So I'm looking at some scenario like this. You know, Fury Usyk gets cleared up. There's a decisive winner either way. And then just a couple of weeks later, which to me, this should happen. I, it, it, if it doesn't, I'll be I'll be shocked and disappointed in Joshua. But if Joshua right. sort of for boxing's sake erases, nothing personal against Nganu, but just for boxing's right. sake, yeah. uh, if, he, if he erases that Fury debacle by blowing out Nganu, yeah. So then you've got Joshua. I think even if it's Usyk, it could be at that at that point he'll be in good enough a position for a third fight, in my opinion. Uh, but especially but, and if it's Fury, if, and especially your, if it's Fury, your theory because he's right. like, "Hey, I just ended this dude. You had a problem with him, right?" I mean, you've got word a, of mouth passes like that. That's how people think, you know. Yes, and then you know you've got right if, if Fury beats Usyk and then Joshua runs through Ngannou in a couple rounds. Uh, you know, Joshua is well known. Uh, you know, even even outside of you know, he's very popular in Africa and you know, obviously in Europe they know him, and in, in the U.S. they know him. Yeah. Uh, and and then you know, Fury's had a lot of U.S. exposure. Yeah, Fury bounces back, beats Usyk, uh, at least just decisively. However, he does it, if it's even a decent fight, and then you got Joshua blown out in Ganu. I mean. You're, you really are in position for a huge Fury yes. Joshua fight there. You just hope Hearn goes through with it. You know, yeah. uh, it, it does tell me that the the proof the proof that the Saudis are are offering a lot of money yeah. is when I don't hear Eddie Hearn talking anymore the last two or three weeks about Hergovic Joshua becoming yeah. a and I'll put quotes up three time heavyweight champion yeah, right. by fighting Hergovic. Right. For the IBF belt. I mean, that's the kind of nonsense I don't want to hear. So yeah. Hearn was all all geared up for that because right. he's figuring lower risk and he's going to claim he's three-time champ. And then all of a sudden the Saudi bags of money fell down and yeah. we're not hearing Hearn talk yeah, about that. he's on his best behavior all of a sudden, you know? Yeah, he's on his best behavior all of a sudden about this is the dream that, you yeah, know, yeah, Joshua yeah. has been envisioning, you know? Divisioning. I, we always wanted this dream, and I was laughing my ass off because I'm like, yeah. Also, you can tell Hearn's getting paid a lot of money now yeah. by the Saudis because now it's the dream, and we, this was always the dream. Out. The Saudis put them on a timeout, I think, and it worked. Yeah, so that's you know? what I'm kind of hoping. Like, if the Saudis can keep Hearn with Joshua under control for a few months after that, and put together Fury Joshua Fury One. That would that would be that would be good to clear that up, and then maybe, you know, this is, you know, he got he ran into a legal problem, and but you know the the open the openings there to me for like for Jared Anderson to pull it together and make a run. I mean, you know, yeah. he he's the American right. guy. I think even though I did pick Wilder, not knowing what might play out, I, I saw the writing on the wall even in the last maybe year or two where. Right. It's there for Anderson to take over. I didn't mention that. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's he's going to be he's going to be the U.S. number one guy, number one hope now. So, you know, he's with top rank, too. And, you know, if Fury comes out of all this, you know, he's got the top rank war and you don't know how long he's going to keep fighting. But I mean, at least, you know, maybe Anderson makes a move, gets it together, and makes a move while this is going on. Something like that would be good. And then you could have a uh, American hope when the dust settles. But I do see this. If it, if it all goes through, 
this and the winners fight, the Fury Usyk, Joshua Ngano, Ngano has potential for cleanup. Now let's look at another scenario because you know a weird thing just happened with the Fury and Joshua until you know the Wallen fight. You know he had those bad tentative performances. If that yeah. Joshua shows up, this is the boxing disaster to me. Mm, like. Yeah. If Fury Usyk and you know Fury Usyk could have potential for some boredom. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if Usyk has a little trouble with his normal volume, you know, Usyk's usually pretty good with volume, where he can make a decent fight, right? Because he throws punches, even though he's a boxer. But you know, Fury can have some low outputs, and uh, you know, if Usyk has to get tentative because of Fury's size or something, and it gets boring. And let's say you had that. These are the this is the bad scenario. Let's say that happens in that fight, and it's not really a decisive winner. And then Joshua goes back to the tentative Joshua, even though it's in Ganu, and you know he he lets him in the fight or something like that. That 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 would be then to me that would be compounding boxing disaster with with frankly yeah. you know a lot of the not things going on good in the sport and the poor performance Fury had against Ngannou. So there's a bad scenario, but but I could see a real good scenario if Joshua takes care of business quickly and the Fury Usyk fights decent and then the winners fight. That that's a that's a pretty good scenario for boxing. Now the only thing I thought about when you're talking about when you're talking about Eddie is they are made for the for Joshua and Ngannou, they're making the undisputed belt, John. So I, I heard he that yesterday is he may just claim it. Like, no, what are you talking about? We're already undisputed because right. his ex- excellency told us that. So, therefore, we're going after Hergovic. <laughs> that, uh, that's, that's the scenario. That, right. Make that scenario three. The scenario yeah. three is, right, Hearn gets risk-averse and becomes bad old Hearn, and Joshua beats Nganu, and then it's Hergovic, and then, oh, he's going to fight the Parker. You know, if Parker – Upset Zang or something like that. Which I yeah, like that be... fight on the undercard. Yeah, they, they have to have something in case Joshua does blow out Ngannou or something like that. So yeah, yeah, true. I think that's why they added that on that one, which was a smart move. Yeah. Uh, feel for Zhang. Anyway, I mean, theme. like Zhang even to get a bigger fight, but hey, with the money the Saudis are, are paying, maybe maybe yeah. he's getting paid enough because he's, what, 41 going on 42. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah, that's it's an interesting fight. So, uh, um, and I don't know what we're getting on the Fury Usyk card yet. Yeah, it, it looked like the, it, it seemed like a quick turnaround for the rematch, uh, the Cruiserweight rematch. But now that looks like it's going to maybe get kicked down to something further or maybe on that same card of uh, Fury and Ghana. But I, I, I feel like it's going to get kicked down even further to a, another card, but I'm not sure. Um, the Breedis rematch, you know? Um, yeah. Because that's something that they were saying February 17th. But now I just checked. It was on there for a second on Box Rec. It never got announced announced. It just got rumored. And then it, and somehow it went on Boxing Twitter. Usually rumors don't go on Boxing Twitter per se. Or not Boxing Twitter, but Box Rec, I should say. And then now it's off, not the fight, but not on that card. And I right. did kind of think like, wow, February 17th, huh? They're going to fight? Like, that seems, I don't know, it seemed like a quick turnaround from, you know, December 23rd. I know dude didn't have much of a challenge in that fight, but uh, was did Breedis know it was going to be February 17th? Because that would be kind of a weird thing, too, of all of a sudden. Because um, the 
they were actually hyping, and maybe we're going too far down into the third quarter of this year, but they were hyping, um, or he was hyping that that the whoever wins that fight between Baturbiev and uh, Bival will then move up and face the cruiserweight, uh, Opa Opa was it Opataya or whatever his name yeah. is, you know. Um, so I don't know, but that, that's a good fight. Cause that first fight was good. Uh, him and Breedis. So there, yeah. I know that there's talking about a rematch. So I don't, I don't know right now. It looks pretty mediocre or actually bad. The undercard. Um, but maybe, you know, this one costs them a lot. And they're like, even us, we're not even going to go crazy on this one because, uh, we, we got some sort of budget or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was kind of afraid of is that they're figuring like became a problem with U.S. pay-per-views that yeah. Fury Usyk's enough. And right, even for their budget, they're not going to give much of an undercard. But, right. y- you know, it's it's hard to commit to all these pay-per-views. And, and like you said, it's mostly hardcore fans now when you're when you when you're not getting that quality undercard because you don't know how the main event's going to sure you're. You're mainly purchased for that, but you don't know how it's going to turn out, if it's going to turn out to be a good fight or not. And you always feel a bit more satisfied when you when you get a quality undercard. Yeah, because then it, it's almost like a cherry on the top. And it's like, all right, right. whatever the hell happens here, um, we're good to go. Um, so I'm with you on the on the the women's fight this weekend. It's really interesting. The weight might play into it. I got to hear most of your breakdown there. That's when I was uh scrambling to put in my credit card information. Um, but yeah, I think that is a 50, 50 fight. I, I will. I'm, I think Natasha is, she's got really good timing. Both of them kind of, kind of fight both ways. They're both good inside fighters and whatnot, but I don't know that to me, that is a pick em fight. Um, and, but that plus number, you know, kind of eyeballing that as well. Yeah. That, so that's she right. is going to be on the road, but, She's been on the road before, you know. Right. She, the, the road does worry you some. It's always tougher, and that's probably somewhat where the plus comes from. But she does have the age advantage. It's it's a tough one to call. I've I've gone both ways on it, but I'm I'm slanting a little bit, just a little bit mayor now. But I don't. So far, I don't like the looks of the way she's carrying the weight that much, even though she's got the height for it. Um, yeah. You know, for her sake and my analysis sake. Um, hopefully that's not going to be the deciding factor, but worries me a little bit going in. If if Jonas was younger, then I might think with that factor and that 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 might give her a, um, a you know clear advantage clear, there. But right, but yeah. that's not, right. But that's not the case. So tough. It's a very tough one. Very tough one to call. I I could see this one both ways, but I'm I'm giving a slight edge to Mayer. And then from the betting perspective, I like the plus number there. Me too. Me too. Um, any other items that you, uh, we got some time now. <laughs> now, any other items that you, uh, you know, that's on your mind or you thought of lately or, um, we did. Oh, as far as, uh, and Billy, um, that's kind of when I was scrambling too. I agree. I, I think that I just think like, yeah, he's fun to watch. He's exciting. The guy, but he throws punches way too hard, too many of them, you know, and, and there's really not much defense going on. Um, I do like the way they've moved them. I said that earlier. I think it's been fun to watch them and 
Um, I definitely, you know, I think they're going to move him pretty well. I didn't, I didn't, I think you were on already when you heard me saying, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of how they um, were basically focusing on Canelo as if that's next or something like that. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, he's got good fights. You shouldn't shortchange the good fights that are actually going to happen rather than Canelo. You know what I mean? I understand right. piggybacking off that name. I understand promotions and broadcasters like to put it in the same sentence. You can do that. But, you know, like, let's name four other guys and break down that style. That, those are good fights. Don't shortchange that because that's what's going to happen. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on him just in general? Because I didn't totally get it all there. For instance, like, in a fight like, you know, uh, Morrell. Or, or Benavides or, or one of these other guys, Diego, you know, one of these other guys at that weight class. Yeah. My, I think where, where people aren't getting it is, and, and cause in the rankings with that division being relatively weak, he is up there. Mm-hmm. He, he's not, he's not in a class uh, of fighter of, you know, a Canelo, a Benavides or Morel. I mean, they're, of course, those guys are all good, but they're also just just clearly above him. I, I don't I don't think he's that level of fighter or ever gonna be. Uh, but then the rest of the division being relatively weak, I, I think he does match. You know, there could be some entertaining matchups made with those. And even though I hate that part of it, that that's where usually like alphabet belt type stuff will come in. You know, yeah, uh, and maybe some point he's. He's in against one of those types of guys in a decent matchup for an alphabet belt. I don't need the alphabet belt part, but I could see that happening, and I could see him being in some entertaining fights. But for 168 pounds, well, he's only five eight. Uh, he's you know he's going to run into going to run into problems there. You know he's not uh, he's not you know Dwight Braxton, Dwight Muhammad Kawi, you know, with, right, with yeah. his with his head movement or his other skills. So uh, I, I don't think he's going to be able to pull off that type of a thing. And it, you know, while he's a good puncher, uh, he's not such a good puncher that, that that's going to make up for for everything. So yeah, I think his I think his ceiling's definitely limited. I just think we we need to keep that perspective with him uh, that that there's there's not really I don't think there's really that much. He does have some amateur pedigree. He does have amateur pedigree too, though. You got to give him that. But I don't I don't think there's that much upside there. Oh, one thing I I just saw. In, I gotta say, to me, it's a it's an overthinking it or something. Uh, and again, not picking on the guy, but still, look, it, it's it's an entertainment business ultimately, yeah. you know, and that's part of the prize fighting. I mean, top rank advertising, you know, today and, and promoting. We we have signed Sandor Martin, you know, obviously playing some something with the alphabet game because yeah, yeah, the he's Haney a WBC game. mandatory and. Look, this guy. I mean, I, I will, I will still fight on this hill. I mean, you want to? You you couldn't make much more of a boring matchup than Devin Haney against Sandor Martin. <laughs> I mean, I mean let, let's fight. really just let's call it what it is. I mean, let's you know screw the alphabet stuff. And oh, Martin, you know he he could have gotten the decision against Lope. Yeah, whatever. The guys, the guys, dull. He was dull in that fight. He, he's overly defensive, you know, come on, come on now. I mean, do we, do we want to waste time on a pay-per-view or even an ESPN? But I think you, you're talking about a pay-per-view at this point because 
you know, with, with where Haney's appearances have been lately, right. you know, for, for Sandor Martin, I mean, is any, is anybody, you know, breaking, you know, is anybody punching in the, the pay for that one? I mean, you know, come, right. come on. I mean, this, you know, we don't need a, and you know, with the elite fighters and I think there are re- reasons for it. Unlike a lot of others do. I mean, with the risks of sport and everything, if you are having two fights a year, I, I don't want, you know, another, the, the next Devin Haney fight to be Sandor Martin. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not okay with it. And top rank to me kind of playing a game. I mean, they know this. Come on. Well, actually I'm forgetting myself. What, what did Bob Aram say? What did Bob Aram say about the guy after he fought Lopez? Yeah. I mean, I could Google some, uh, you know, yeah, go, get quotes, Google yeah. some quotes about what Aram said about Sander Martin after right. the Lopez fight. And, and look, there were, there were a lot of others. I mean, you know, you, you can like these guys or not, but I mean, I, I respect their history in the sport. I mean, you know, Randy Gordon, former New York state athletic commissioner, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. serious XM show editor of the ring. I mean, he, he said that, Look, you could disagree, but I, I, I myself kind of knew where he was coming from. You know, he said, I don't want to see Martine in a ring near me again or something like that. You know, this guy is, is I know he, Randy Gordon, so I mean, DeBella might have, I don't know if it was, I don't know if DeBella I know said it too or not. Said, but, uh, and Billy is the 168 Joe Frazier on Twitter. I was like, yeah, okay. I, Okay, I'm not joining. I'm not joining <laughs> about that, right? He, he should know better than that, but yeah, but, but no, I did agree with point, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, he was saying like what Aram was about Martin. So, yeah. you know, for top rank, you know, for Aram to do an about face and sign this guy because I, you know, other people were talking about more about the game than me. I usually do think all those out. I hadn't thought that one out quite as much, but you know, apparently to you know somehow involved in a fight with Haney, you know, for Martine. I mean, this is, this would just be a dreadful fight. Frankly, I think, I think Haney wins it easy and it's just a terrible, terrible fight that puts everybody to sleep. I don't think it's a KO. He wins it easy. Put that in terms shit of in Saudi, I say, <laughs> yeah, don't put that on us soil. <laughs> yeah. Let the Saudis overpay for that. one or something. I mean, you know, and, and we don't get to see it, but uh, you know, come on, the sport's got enough problems to, you know, we're, we're going to start, you know, Haney's building up a name and we're going to start promo and fights like Haney, Sander, Martin. That's, that's a six month waste to me. So uh, I, I really, that one popped up and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, especially that's not a good off game. All this stuff from the Haney side, especially Bill Haney saying, you know, we want to fight Matias. We want to fight Teal. We want to fight Tank. We're free agent. Or we're actually going to fight Mark. Because that's our mandatory. You know, it's like, right. that's even more of a slap in the face. Like, man, you got everybody riled up knowing that you you might just go fight this Martin guy because you want right. to keep your belt. You know what I mean? It's right. like, yeah. No, I hear you. I saw that too. I was but, like, okay, man. You know, now if they can say, hey, this is our plan, you know, and say, hey, uh, he's going to fight this guy, uh, T.O., you know, Haney's there ringside for the T.O. fight. Tio's there, re- okay, and then you make sure it happens in the summer, whatever. But um, right. I, but I don't like not, how they're, you know, I, they don't have him <laughs> signed, you know. So I don't know. I, I don't like how they're needlessly getting on Al Haven about it. But with that understood, um, I was laughing because you get these these things coming out now with His Excellency is at least making it entertaining. 
Yeah, yeah. I like his excellencies plan better better than Bob Arum's. I'm gonna dump yeah, a right, yeah. I'm gonna dump a bucket load of money and, and have Haney fight tanks. Right. In in in, in Saudi Arabia. I, right. I kinda I kinda like I like that better than Haney Martin. So right. uh I, I think I might have to uh as as long as both fighters can get well paid, I think I'll have to go with his excellency on give me give me tank and Haiti before uh Haiti Martin. Um but you know, I don't. Yeah, this is right I, I, again, up Martin's I can't, alley I can't just, to slow this fight down. I mean, yeah, this I can, is. But, yeah, yeah, it's a perfect style matchup for that. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect for Martin to be, yeah. you know, safety first, like he always is. I mean, that's what he's going to do anyway. So Haney's not going to put any pressure on him. So uh, you know, he'll love it and just do nothing, you know, but defend for for twelve rounds. And Haney will be cautious, just a dread, dreadful match. I mean, at least Haney Maybe tanks it a, a decent style matchup. Maybe it would happen in Saudi, and that's why they're signing him so he can get twenty percent of Martin's money. You know, it, it, it's got to be almost it's something, be something like, like that. that because yeah, like, otherwise, it's like you were just like you said, you were just trashing this guy. Like, yeah, well, yeah, Aram's on the record. ESPN, you know, right? Aram's on the record trashing this guy as right. as being dreadful and you know unwatchable, and so you know, there's got to be something there. I mean, he knows the guy can't entertain. He's gonna. Um... Yeah, because I think I heard that Kovalev's getting a mill for his comeback fight over there. It's like against, you know, just a completely unproven guy. Yeah, maybe, you know, remember, uh, you know, with the Terrence Crawford stuff, Bob was saying I could buy a, you know, a house in Beverly Hills. Maybe he's going to take that 20%, go buy something, you know, in the older, the greater Las Vegas area or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know what the, I don't, I don't like that one though. And, you know, yeah, I, I've I've liked when top rank keeps signing these heavyweights, but then they don't match them up. Right. So that yep. that's been perplexing really for three four years now. Like they they do sign some heavyweights when you're like you're like oh they they start putting these guys together. This would be some good matchups yeah. for ESPN, and they, then they don't match them up. Um, yeah. Did I see Joloff or Joloff? Yeah. He's fight his opponent that I saw was like really. Right. That's who you're gonna fight? Like that's a backward step, like a large maybe a couple. Like Right. Huh. Yeah, we'll exactly. see. Yeah, what are you saving them for? Like put them in there. Yeah, they keep like they're saving them and then, then the contract expires and they did nothing with them. Right. They, they, it, it's just that that's but that's been a shame too, because that would be some good stuff for regular ESPN. Like, look, one thing I like about this Saudi money excursion is the the in 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 this money expedition they're on they they do seem to consciously say look we're going with the big men that can punch yeah that, that's true. who we're going to drop this money yep. on mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I kind I I do kind of like that yeah. I mean like you know they're saying like hey this is where the entertainment value is and and the the card on the twenty December twenty third delivered in that sense yeah, yeah. I mean it it, mm-hmm. it did deliver with punching power so well, yeah uh, in I like how they separately talk to the management and the fighter first the promoters over there you know right like we're gonna figure out what makes you happy we're gonna figure out and then it's a done deal no one could say no because this money's so great that is helpful you know i do like that approach you know (laughs) right that's helping a lot we don't know what the promoters are getting at is probably more than they should but uh yeah yeah but that part's been good that uh the fighters are getting to getting to take these fights and uh 
the promoters are probably getting paid more than they should, but then then it's getting them out of the way. And uh, yeah, I, just, I mean, I just don't then, want to hear Eddie Hearn in two years talking about we gotta we gotta reduce the the purses of these fighters. This is horrible, you know. I don't want to hear that in a couple of years, right? Um, right. He does. He does say that every once in a while. He'll he'll give a breakdown yeah. on that. He, I noticed he hasn't been saying it lately, but yeah, he uh, he definitely uh, was ringing that bell the last few. Once they cut his budget, then he was ringing that bell up. You know, um, right. So, any other items uh, that you'd like to discuss? I think we, uh, I think we pretty much it. got it all, got it all covered. Because I just did want to get into those upcoming heavyweight matchups a little bit, where, right? Yeah, yeah. Where the sport might be after those. So we we got that well covered. And uh, the the most recent news was the Sandor Martinez sighting, which was a was a head scratcher. All right, John. Well, thanks for uh, joining, and I, I should be good to go next Tuesday. Uh, uh, you know, you know, right, life right. gets in the way, but I'm pretty sure I'm good to go on next Tuesday. Okay, and hopefully you'll uh, hopefully you'll get some snow soon. Yeah, well, we'll see. There'll probably be rain. Okay. All right, <laughs> take it easy. John. All right, Chris. Take care. All righty, so um, kind of breaking down my thoughts here. Hold on. Actually, how do I do that? There we go. Okay. Um, breaking my thoughts down on the Natasha Michaela fight, you know, um, Starting with uh, Mayor, she she has a, they both have good jabs, but she has a very sturdy jab. I like her jab a lot. She's usually, she'll throw combinations. She's got a good fall, volume uh, throughout the fight. We saw that with uh, Baumgartner, right? She really took over that second half. Obviously, Alicia has her own issues with, uh, you know, the gas tank. She's got pretty good footwork. You know, she uses angles. Shoot. Something just happened with the internet. Sorry about the sound if uh, it kind of dropped off there. Um, yeah, she uses good, she's got foot, good footwork, good angles. She can kind of get in and out, and uh, she she definitely loves to go to the body. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, you know, on the road, sure, that, that plays into it. I'm sure it does. She's got to win clean more cleanly, but she has experience with that. Um, now, you know, she, will she come forward right away? My guess is no, because Natasha does have good timing. They both, you know, use timing, but I'm guessing she's going to kind of get aggressive as the fight goes on, but try to just kind of, Establish a jab, timer with some shots, go to the body, you know, see where she's at, you know. Um, but but either way, whether she's out there coming forward or not, maybe uh, Natasha goes right on her back foot and she doesn't really have a choice per se. Um, you know, either way, she can't start slow. She cannot, especially on the road. And just in general, Natasha's too good of a fighter. Um, you know, she had that close. Speaking of moving to Natasha now, she had that very close loss to Taylor. Um, you know, the old age, 39, that definitely could catch up. 
Um, she's got a really good left hand. She is a southpaw. She does. She's a good pressure fighter, right? It's kind of both these can both these uh, boxers can can pressure, but they can also move on the side or on the outside, I should say. Um, she she definitely needs to disguise that um, left hand. Both of them fundamentally sound. I would say the fight is at welterweight, so that does favor um, Natasha. Now, she, talking about disguising the left hand and whatnot, she definitely, she is a bit predictable. And I think I saw a clip on boxing Twitter where uh, Michaela said that. She she is predictable. She is pre- kind of predictable. Um, and that's where I'm wondering if, you know, Michaela will start patient you know, and, and kind of figure her out in those movements and whatnot. Um, but I think it's a competitive fight. I got the plus number, like John. I am leaning Michaela Mayer for the fight, but um, it is something to there is something to be said about the weight. And yeah, if you look at her face, it doesn't. I don't know. You got to see her on the scale. But yeah, I guess you you know leading into it, you know, seeing her. Like, was it yesterday? I I don't know. It's tough to say if the weight's going to be okay. But I am leaning her just barely. I think she's got the youth. Um, and, you know, the height and reach, I do think she'll, she'll use that for a while or at least, you know, be in the middle of the ring type thing. So I, so I definitely have uh, – I have um, Michaela Merwood in that fight. Um. And early, like earlier in the week, I did get some messages about him, Billy. And, you know, he had, I thought he had fought three times last year, but I was wrong. But he has, I mean, he, he fought in March last year, and now he's already fought. So it's three, time, three times in less, um, it was three times in 2022. That's where I messed up but three times in less than a year in, in about 10 months. So, um, but as far as like, that was, I kind of asked John and, and I'm kind of with them right there. Like where, where do you rank them? I, I, I'm not super high on the guy, but he's really fun to watch. Um, you know, John Ryder already has a fight lined up. So I don't think he'd, you know, fight Mungia and then step right in there, but he could. You know, he definitely could. Um, you know, the, the Shishkin fight that we mentioned um, a lot for uh, Morell Jr., I think that would be a good fight for him. Um, and I'm just going off of, like, you know, to be fair, like, realistically fights, too. You can't just, well, this would be a great fight. You know, Benavidez and all that. I don't see those fights happening. Um, so... You know, I don't know, man. I, you know, he definitely like it would be great it, if he fought Morel. And, and 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 this is what the message is about: is like, hey, you know, could they make like if you look at the WBA, right? He's got the the junior Morel's got the junior WBA, basically, right? 
Right now, Alvarez has the WBC. Well, he has all of them, but the WBA and WBC both have interims. So you're already a step ahead. We know Benavides is a step ahead of David Morrell just off of, you know, let's be honest. Now, Munguia could win, and maybe they would make that fight. I guess that's a possibility. They could make that, uh, but I think it's Bazinian. Let me check the rating real quick. Uh, I think it's like uh, Bazinian. Bazinian. They could make that fight to make a uh, a fight for Morel, or they could call it and be like, "Hey, we're gonna make in Billy in Morel to establish a WBA, um, you know, a WBA uh, mandatory." Right, so that that could happen. That would be ideal if the WBA did that. Um, now, would that be something that they'd want to do? I don't know. Um, do you want to go against a David Morrell, or do you want to wait for like Mungia? You know, which is a more winnable fight. The Shishkin, you know, if you look at the IBF, you got that William Skull. And Shishkin one and two, so you know I I don't know. I mean it would be nice if they would just you know make that fight and then it would just it could just happen. You know that that would be ideal, but um I don't know. I did watch you know the 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 Baez Rojas fight. Um, Rojas did not look good in that fight. Um, I didn't see the rest of the card as far as underneath that fight. Um, but I, I thought the scorecards were pretty bad. Um, what, 98-92 and 299-91s. Um, I wasn't in agreement uh, with that. Now, um, Williams did stop uh, Feliciano. Feliciano, or Feliciano, Luis Ficio. And I did like, I liked that card, uh, the main event, I should say, um, because it was like, all right, dude, let, you know, th- these are, this is a good fight. Um, so that, that was a nice win. Um, he was a bit of an underdog, but it wasn't a major, major underdog. So, um, so yeah. Um, as far as like, Probably that's all I'm going to do for for preview and prediction. Just kind of go over some current fight news, give some thoughts on some items. Excuse me. And, um, you know, we talk all the fucking time about promoting fights that are on Twitter, like the Twitter run or the press run, right? We talk all the time about fighters doing it and representatives doing it. I'm not a big fan with promoters do it. And the reason why I bring this up is because of Oscar De La Hoya. Um, and he's not the only promoter that does this. I'm just, I'm just giving you an example right now. Um, to me, it's like, dude, like, you sign Ramirez, great signing at 140, right? got Barbosa, you got um, Ramirez. I think it's a good fight uh, with him and Ryan Garcia, right? I, I do. 
I think that is oops, I think that is a good fight. But well, when is the last time Ramirez fought? I kind of forgot. Let me check really quick. Now, um, yeah, he fought. He would be off a year by the time that fight would probably happen, right? And, you know, like, <laughs> it's just, it's just kind of weird because you're on Twitter and you're saying, uh, you know, the fight's close. It's, it's in talks. It's close. I mean, you just signed Ramirez. So you just finalized that. Maybe you've finalized it for a while and you decided to announce it later, but I'm guessing you, you somewhat just finalized that. And obviously, Ryan Garcia is on the table. They're in the same, you know, promotional company now. And I'm not saying let's not make the fight. That's not what I'm saying. But this whole thing of it's close, you know, here we go, dude. It's pretty deep in talks. It's like, first of all, I don't think he had time to get into deep talks. You know? Uh, when did you get time? to get in these deep talks. Like, I just don't, it just, it didn't seem realistic at all. And then you come to find, so that's what my first thing, when I saw that, I was like, oh, dude, here we go. You know, he's going to get people all riled up. Oh, it's close. And and he's trying to, instead of trying to work something out, and you could just tell how bad the damn scenario is. Because with him and Garcia. And I'm not blaming one side or the other per se, right? I'm not doing that. But when you sit there and say, it's getting close, it's almost it's almost finalized, basically. It's like, dude, so you're putting pressure on Garcia without even being in a negotiation? Like, at least have a good negotiation and then berate him after. Like, hey, dude, I tried to make this fucking fight. Dude doesn't want it, you know, or something, you know. I'm not saying do either, right? But if you're going to do one, it's like, come on, dude. Like, I, I can't stand this shit. I re- it's really getting to, as you can hear. But he says, no Ramirez, Ryan Garcia. No Ramirez. Let's make it clear. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, Ryan Garcia versus Oscar De La Hoya at this point. Um, so to me, it it, it is kind of like, dude, what are, what are we talking about? You know? And Boxing Scene has an article up, you know, saying he shut it down. He made it clear it's not happening. And clearly there wasn't really negotiations going on, you know. So I know that you're trying to make him look bad. And so maybe the pressure, he'll fold under the pressure. And I get it. It is Garcia's fault for for jumping in out of nowhere. Once again, a media and Twitter run. Jumping in saying, I-, I want the Haney fight, you know? So I'm not blaming Oscar in, in that part of it. But to me, it's just like, dude, like these fights of, oh, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Oh, shit, here we go. You know, it's like, dude, if you don't know, you don't know. Like, just at least try to negotiate it. And then, uh, like I said, then just blast his ass. That's fine with me, dude. Man, I'm glad I got that one plus 120 in. Oh, there is still a plus 120 on Betway if you can access that from there. But I see um, plus 100, plus 100, plus 105. I see a plus 110 on FanDuel. So if you like Michaela Mayer, my suggestion would be 
go get that right now. Oh, yeah, and then Jack Cullen and Zach Chelly, that's a competitive fight. I forgot to mention that. Um, I like Cullen in that, but I think that's a really good fight. And I just it just reminded me because the highest number is plus 130. So that kind of tells you that it has a chance to be, you know, a pretty competitive fight. But, yeah, to me, it's just like, dude, it, it just – now, I don't think everybody – most of the people on boxing Twitter, and when I mean most, majority, majority could be, what, 50.1 or 50.01, you know? Like, I'm not saying 90%, but, like, a lot of people come across as hardcores, and they're not. They're not. They're actually casuals, and that's okay. Nothing against casuals. Fuck, we need more of them, but – a lot of times the hardcores are the word of mouth to the casual fight fans and fight friends that we have, right? And so if you keep, like, I know that fight wasn't going to happen. A fair amount, a, a fair amount percentage-wise out there, people listening right now, knew ah, that's probably not going to happen, you know? But when you keep doing this dumb shit, it's like, well, what happened in that fight? What happened? It's almost like, wait, it was scheduled up. You know, like, what do you mean? I thought it was basically scheduled because I, I told my buddy and he thinks it's a go. So now you're in. And, and honestly, sometimes it's these reporters. Coppinger, I'm looking at you. No, a lot of these reporters just run on anything. And, and, and if some some of it will hit the bottom line on ESPN and I'll have a casual, you know, fan be like, hey, dude, so that's popping up like that. Nah, that's not popping off. That's not fucking even happening, dude. Oh, boy's got a fight sign. You know, that type of thing. So, um, so we heard some news about um, Michael, what is it, Zarafa? Let me get the article. Zarafa, right? We, You know, the WBL ordered the Mando. The, uh, the Garcia-Lara fight didn't happen. Maybe that was because Showtime shut down. Right, and then uh, Al Heyman, the PBC, bought out their last year on that contract. So they had a bunch of fights signed. This I know to be a fact. And then, you know, maybe they weren't thinking, maybe they already had the Amazon deal going, but it was like, well, we were going to do Showtime Amazon, you know, or Showtime Paramount, I guess, whatever. I don't know exactly there. But my whole point is the WBA reordered it so they're putting pressure back on hey is Danny Garcia and Arislani Lara going to fight or not Um, and so that's the report I'm reading it from Jake Donovan shots up to Jake gotta have him on here soon Um, so basically you know it's time to ante up the two sides must reach a deal by February 15th um, or else it would go to purse bid um, you know, the 75-25 split. Um, and, you know, he still could technically, you know, take step aside money, you know, and then be promised um, a fight with the winner. And that's kind of what I thought was going to happen anyway. But he spoke out a little bit ago saying, this shit's not happening, what's going on? I'm getting screwed here. 
not getting stepped aside. What's going on? And now the WBA have assured that he's probably going to get step aside money. You know what I mean? That's what I think in a fight. Like you get step aside money, you get to fight on the card, and then you get you get the shot at the belt no matter what happens to the belt next. Now, could they do another step aside and say, hey, they're going to make a unification? Or Yeah, who the fuck knows? It could. This dude's not that good, you know, but but there's rankings. So you got to fucking, you got to do something with the rankings. But this is what I'm talking about, the rankings. Some of these rankings, it's like, come on, dude. Like, what, what do I want? What do I want to do here? I don't want to do this. You know, anyway, um, as I previously mentioned, Frank Warren, Queensberry, Eddie Hearn, Matchroom, five versus five. Frank Warren uh, said earlier, we've always liked a challenge, and this is mouth-watering. This is a mouth-watering one. I honestly think this is one of the most intriguing events you can think of in boxing. It's time to settle the score. Who's getting the bragging rights? It's like, come on. They're the most intriguing. Well, let's see the fucking fights first. Don't be talking about intri- I'm not intrigued with you two. I'll, I'll stop right there. And Eddie Hearn added, for decades, it has been Hearns versus Warrens. Matchrooms, Queen Perry. It, it, it's without the doubt the most storied rivalry in the sport. <laughs> Is this boxing Twitter or are these real quotes? It's the most storied rivalry in the sport. What are we talking about here? I thought Frank's was bad. I didn't read Eddie's. Holy fuck. He said, you know, it'll live long. The, the unprecedented night of boxing will live long in the memory. Of course, we don't know who the fuck's fighting, but it's going to live long. It's like, come on. Um, I did see that the WBC ordered Ray Martinez uh, to fight... Uh, Chahas, I think it's Chahas, Chahas, Chihas, Chihas, that's what it is. That's a good fight. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Martinez better be, better be wary. That is a good fight, though. Um, I've heard multiple times, whether it's this week, next week, I don't know about the PBC, Amazon getting announced. Um, we went over the dates. It does now looking at the calendar for the MGM, it does now seem like March 30th is the date that it's going to happen. That, that's what it looks like uh, Well, on the calendar. The calendars can change. We, we know that. But they had, I think it was, what, three dates the last time we talked about this? But March 30th, which does line up with it not being announced just yet, um, you know, were they going to lead with Gervonta? You know, Gervonta's having some issues of not being able to lead Baltimore or maybe just Maryland. I don't know if it's Baltimore. And then obviously his coach, you know, having some issues. Dan Raphael did report, though, um, that, um, you know, they're they're working behind the scenes as they ramp up for the launch, all that good stuff. The first event is slated to take place March 30th. Sources with knowledge of the plans told Freak Fights Unite on Thursday. Um, now, he added a detail, says, not really knowing exactly what the card will be because will it be one of their regular shows available to subscribers straight up or pay-per-view? 
and they, they mentioned it depends on part of the Amazon finishing building out the platform that will handle the pay-per-view purchases. That's what one source says. So I don't know if that's a real thing or not. I did also get some messages um, about Tiafimo today. You know, him saying, basically, here we go again, on social media, he said that, you know, I had contact with the uh, Madison Square Garden Executive Vice President, Joe Fisher, uh, and he proceeded to, uh, you know, basically, you know, put their little combo, right, their little conversation. As if that's how you make the fight. But this is what he put out. Three times he tried to face Devin Haney. First time overpriced himself. Second time didn't show up to the meeting. Third time Devin told me he only talks to bosses. Now, that's not exactly you know how that went. Um, some of it's there, whatever. But he said, here's proof. Um, you know, once again, uh, when he wanted, you know, trying to fight uh, Haney said during the fallout with Regis, which they did end up fighting. So it, I don't know about all that, but anyway, um, you know, he said, "Good afternoon, Joel. Um, you know, I have a business proposal I would like to talk to you about, and so we're going to reach you via message." You know, which is it's kind of funky, but old boy said, "Yeah, man, let's get it in." I, you know, he didn't say that, but you know what I mean. It, it was whatever, dude. I don't know. He, he put it out there. It is what it is. I'm covering it because it's covering it, whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? I did hear Gomez and uh, Barrio or Oreo or Barrio or I can't remember. Someone actually messaged me. I'm just checking my messages right now all the way. And uh, I did hear that actually that that was a good fight on Robots. I didn't see that one yet though. I will check that out though. So uh, shout out to the I can't because I can't really tell who sent the message. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, calling up the dude and being like, hey, bro, I'm on LinkedIn and, you know, so I just, let's hook up the fight, bro. You know, it just kind of seems like, all right, dude, like, whatever, man, this is just, bull- like, just get the fucking fight done. You know, it's, it's just too much talk about fights and they, they're not getting made just gets old um man i'm still stuck on that yeah if you go to the mgm it says you know tgb promotes uh will promote march 30th 2024 so that's you know if you go to the athletic (coughs) commission and all that this was a funny tweet here lefty said msg vp doesn't promote devin or teo eddie and bob promotes them this is like calling Tyson Foods to order Popeye's chicken. <laughs> I mean, that's right there. Um, Oli said um, on Twitter, decent all Mexican card this weekend. I did actually see someone talking about that. Yeah, it's like a kind of like a mid-level prospect. Um, the undercard, you know, is, is mostly unbeaten guys. I think, well, I think it's four unbeaten, three unbeaten. Four un- Let me check. I think it's four unbeaten Two of them a loss, one loss. So, yeah. So there's a matchup, uh, Molina Cruz that that's undefeated against undefeated sixteen zero twelve and zero. 
Um, Flores, Nunez, 9-0, 9-1-1. And then the other one, 7-1 and 12-1. So, yeah, that, that's a good call. Um, whoever, once again, whoever messaged it. Um, and Rye said, the executive v- VIP of MSG just casually on LinkedIn, no photo. Um, yeah, it, to me, it just doesn't. It is what it is. And I don't really give a shit, to be honest with you. It's like, you guys can go back and forth and forth and back. And, you know, it's just, just are you going to fight or not? Uh, are you going to fight this summer? That's all I really give a shit about. Uh, Jake Donovan reporting again today. Shouts out to Jake. Catterall and Richards. Hitchens. Jack Catterall, Richards and Hitchens, first bid canceled. Ordered IBF title eliminator no longer in play. So it's like a lot of people are speculating that uh, Catterall is going to fight Taylor to have that rematch finally. That's why I didn't do the fight. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they, wasn't it two deadlines that they pushed back? Just to not make the fight? It's like, huh? What what happened? Uh, no firm reason was given for the, the cancellation, though it appears Hitchinson was the one, was interested in the fight and will remain on the IBF route. So that kind of tells you there. Um, this is Carlos Toros, or Toro Media. Uh, Salida Promotions announced it will launch a first-time Boxing USA. Or, sorry, I read that wrong. Hold on. This is not it. I was going to say, what the hell? Okay, I see. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Boxing USA series on, on the zone. First card takes place February 20th in Detroit. Uh, Holmes and Harrington um, are in the main event. Marlon uh, Harrington, and I think it's our, our drill. He, he fought on Showbox. He recently just fought too, I think. Um, oh yeah. So, so Sean Porter was talking about some stuff, you know, about, you know, weights when it comes to Haney and, and Gervonta and just talking about it in general. Hold on. Let me get a sip of real quick. Sorry about that. Um, so he was talking about the fight and, and he, and he basically says, you know, this fight's not going to happen in general, but he was having issues, whatever. Um, so Porter was like, I was going through my own. Oh, okay. So, so Gervonta responded saying, now ask Sean this question. If I beat his ass in the gym and he was over 147, why the fuck would I be scared to fight a mother effer? Just, just a nose shit, not adding up. Just, Oh, with just a nose. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and, and Porter said, I was going through my own shit, but that's neither here nor there. So he's basically saying, I had a reason I was getting beat up. But I'm not saying he did. But I do remember them sparring. Um, I didn't see the tape, though. I'm on record for saying the fight doesn't happen and why. I do I do my best to keep it 100 without completely exposing the business. Uh, he said, quiet is kept. Neither one of y'all want the fight right now. <clears throat> and then Haney, you know, I've been calling this dude out for years. Uh, he only saw something when I got a fight, but now, oh, he only said something is what he meant to say. 
you only say something when I got to fight, but now I don't. We could fight now whenever he gets, whenever he chooses. He said, we don't know how to get in contact. Uh, you know, we'll have your people reach out to Trapante. That's what that he said. Anyway, um, yeah, and this is in that DAZN interview, that Turkey dude, the Saudi guy, he said um, he was talking about making video games, TV shows, movies, documentaries about, you know, and having more commercials and big taglines, shoulder content, basically, how it used to be in the 70s. That's actually a tweet. I don't know if he said that part. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, it is what it is. Um, Adams says, those are criminal, awful scorecards. I'm not even sure Rojas won the fight, let alone eight or nine rounds. Shameful. Yeah, that, that, I agree. I, I, I would have been just fine with a, with a draw. Um, so I got this email yesterday and it's warning me by February 16th, um, by February 16th that they're going to go up again. So, to ensure we continue delivering the best year-round schedule, there will be an adjustment to your price, subscription price. If you do nothing, the new price, your monthly subscription will be $29.99 and will come into effect with the first bill February 16th. So, in about a month. And then it says, you know, Mungia Ryder and Edgar Berlanga and, you know, that fight, whatever. So, the the two, there's there's basically two, three options, I guess, right? <clears throat> but, so, the flex, I think it's called the flexible pass is, went from $24.99 to $29, so you're up to $30. The other two is, you can get it for $20, bucks, but you sign up for a year. Um, the second option, you can just pay the whole year upfront payment for a year access. So twenty two twenty four was it two fifty? So two twenty four for the whole year. Um, but it says sign up for you. So well, hold on, when it says sign up, does that mean if I, if people that have it right now, if they would they need to cancel and then re-sign up to get the twenty bucks, or that's only if you're on the flexible that went up? And remember. It's not only going up to 30 instead of 25. They still have that 30-day notice cancel thing where you just get they just get an extra month out of you. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. MVO shouts out to him. DAZN USA costs more than Amazon Prime, Netflix, Peacock, Max, ESPN Plus, Stars, Paramount. I mean, and uh Michael Rudo said um, the zone costs more than Disney Plus bundle. I mean, that gives you three streaming services. Like, I'm a hardcore boxing fan, right? You got some of us. You sure don't got all of us, but you got some of us. But if you're ever, you know, when people talk about the zone, and they're so over the top pro to zone, right? I've had it the whole time, by the way. So don't at me. I know you will. But, you know, like they talk about growing the sport, growing it worldwide, growing the sport. They're not doing shit here for that, though. 
And if you keep jacking, I mean, how how much further can you go up, dude? Like this shit's wild. It's it's wild. So I gotta do something, otherwise my shit's gonna be thirty a month. It's 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 just like really, dude. Like, so wonder if a casual fan wanted to just test it out. I'm gonna do it for a couple months. Thirty dollars, like it's so much more. Is there anything that's twenty dollars in the market here? I don't. I don't remember. I don't think so. Maybe there is something that's seventeen ninety nine. Is there something at nineteen ninety nine? Twenty bucks? I can't remember. But I mean, it's just to be so much, much more money, you know. And like I said, if you kept jacking this price and then we're done with pay per views or just never had a pay per view, well, then you're on to something, right? But you're not doing that. So. <clears throat> It's fucking ridiculous, dude. And like I said, if Al Heyman and the PVC was doing this, it would be an outright. There'd be petitions signed and shit like that. Um. Also, in that interview with the the Saudi dude, Turkey, he said, "You know, I want um talking about Davis and Haney. What what John was saying actually, I want Davis. I." And I send a message now to Al Heyman. Let's do the job, brother. I want to see Haney in my country, and I will try to do that in 2024. Well, I mean, when you say send a message, why don't you just, you know, why don't you just talk to him? Um, anyway, let's see. Um, and then I also mentioned, I think I mentioned this earlier, right, that the winner of Befall and uh, Baturbiev are, are going to move up and fight uh, Opataya, potentially, if that's still there. Um, all right, so this is Dan Raphael. Got something in my <clears throat> man. Uh, something's up with my voice. I don't know what's going on. Uh, per source, WBO junior flyweight titleist Jonathan Bamba Gonzalez will face interim titleist, interim titleist Renee Santiago in a mandatory fight March 2nd uh, on that DAZN San Juan uh, card with Jake Paul and, and Serrano and whatnot. So that's that's a little bit of that's a little bit of news. Gabe Montoya, the folks who predicted the. PBC would create their own belt are quiet as fuck now that the Saudis have. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of quietness going on. A lot of quietness going on. I also got this message. So the guy at Amazon who negotiated PBC deal has now been sacked. No wonder there's no news of anything. And somebody in the comments saying, yikes, it's a deal off. Um, I'm not going to address that. Uh, and also, you know, quote unquote, his excellency, Turkey, the Saudis said, Hey, they got an undisputed belt, a heavyweight belt, undisputed. How you say that the Joshua and Ganu fight would be undisputed? I don't know. That's a good, good, good question. This is Cliff Roll. These two have both had belts at 75 for over six years. We need them. Oh, no need to make it seven. Yeah, exactly. They're talking about, you know, the light heavyweight. Um, 
Great Jackson, who is worth a follow. He's just a troll. Um, the Saudi are paying fighters way more than what they're worth, and y'all are okay with that, but get mad at Al Heyman for doing the exact same thing. Yeah, someone messaged me that. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's so funny about it. It's like, just be consistent, dude. That's the biggest one. So Anthony Joshua had some stuff recently to say about training with Ben Davidson. The reason I was able to gel with Ben is because he doesn't try to change your style. I went to a stage where I was trying to change my style, a bit of back foot boxing, boxing behind the jab, stick and move, not being explosive, controlling the pace, stuff like that. But with Ben, that's not your body type. You're a fucking big unit. You're explosive. Go and knock fucking people out. <laughs> so we'll see if he... Uh... Oh, uh, Baumgartner. No, I shouldn't say this. The WBC said Alicia Baumgartner is good to go. Uh, we know that she she had, you know, banned substances in her in her body, in her system, right on the test. Clearly, they're not denying that, but they said she's not guilty of intentionally ingesting it. So, uh, Boxer Ed Gray, the WBC, putting on a press release, Alicia Baumgartner does not change, um, you know, the Michigan Athletic Commission still needs to decide uh, what they do with their for the failed drug test. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, that is true. Um, WBC pageantry acting like the world revolves around their decisions. Up to a journalist to call Michigan and ask them when the decision is being made. If they can decide to suspend Hannah Gabriels, uh, they can certainly do that to Baumgartner. These are all good points. Oh, this one was funny. <laughs> so this dude's like, we have to get uh, Turkey to the U.S., do some events one day. He's taking over boxing on the other side of the world. Imagine if this guy had all the American and Mexican fighters who did events in Vegas and New York. and um, It's the Adam Boxing Show. Adam's Boxing Show brothers might have to go to Saudi in the meantime, though. It's like, hey, dude. They're not looking to stage fights here, dude. They're not looking to do it, dude. It's, that's not what they're looking for. Um, we mentioned Zag, uh, Zang and, and Parker. I really like that fight for the Joshua and Ganu fight. Or, you know, the, the as the uh, co-main. I like that fight a lot. Um, and then Ray Vargas, Nick Ball. That's a good fight. Uh, it kind of surprised me, you know. But that is a good fight. That is a good fight. I like that fight. Um, Jake Donovan, glad to see George Cambosis get another shot um, at one of his old titles in a big fight for, versus Vasily Lomachenko. I liked his chances when they were supposed to meet two years ago, and I like his chances in May. I disagree with you, Jake, but that's okay. Coppinger and a couple other folks said May 12th, uh, the fight will be actually televised in, in you know the U.S. It's going to be in Australia, but it's televised May 11th. So that could do a good rating. Uh, great follow, Adrian Delgado. Adrian D. Adrian D. Eight nine two six. Bivol uh, Baturbiev is a great matchup. Both efficient in their own way. One u- utilizes uh, movement to pick apart with the jab. One two from range. The other pressures methodically breaks uh, breaks through with thudding punches. 
whose approach will ultimately solidify them as the best at 175. That's a great point. He always makes it. Um, Sibby Boxing, if a fighter retires, regardless of age, injury, personal reasons, or loss of interest, we now have to accuse them of ducking whoever's next in the division they retired in. That's how boxing Twitter treats Andre Ward. It's weird they only do it for him, but to each his own. Yeah, because, you know, I guess Golovkin wasn't ducking anybody. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Um, I think, oh, this is, a, this is from Sky Sports Boxing. Callum Smith reacting to a stoppage loss. It's hard to accept I'm not the best. I mean, okay. I I hear you, man. I'm not trying to, you know what I mean? And then um, the reason why it would take, you know, it'd be at least July, maybe August is because, you know, uh, a better be able to be ready to fight. This is Bob Aram saying it. Um, He'll be ready to fight Bival three months after Ramadan. So, which, you know, makes sense, obviously. Um, Jake Donovan, I do agree with him on this one, though. Kind of misleading to push Canelo narrative here. Yes, Christian and Billy is number one at the WBC. But as I mentioned before, Benavides is in front of him. So, yeah. But, yeah, Randy Gordon. <laughs> and he made sure to add top-ranked boxing in there. And Billy is is like a 168-pound Joe Frazier, bro. Do you see this, man? Um, Breadman was talking about he's entertaining, but Benavides Canelo will carve him up. He tries to punch too hard. You can see everything coming. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That is the thing. Um, oh, this one was really interesting. This one was really interesting. So on... Um, what last week um, on the Chris Mannix boxing with Chris Mannix show, I heard a clip with Dougie Fisher, the editor in chief. When he talked about, did you ever consider charging sanctioning fees for their belt? And they said they considered it. Now, obviously they didn't do it, but it's like, why the fuck would you consider that? Dude? Like, that, don't even consider it. Like, what, what are you talking about? Um, G-Fung Boxing, there there are no... Okay, so actually, uh, Broadway Joel said, are there any real boogeyman in boxing? If so, name them. And he, he is a big boogeyman guy. I noticed that before, so I don't know. Uh, but but G-Funk said, or G-Funky said, there are no boogeymen, just non-ticket sellers. <laughs> That's so fucking perfectly said. Uh, Miss Fight Diva 40, shots out to her. Steven Jackson basically said on his podcast uh, when he was talking to Andre Ward, uh, you know, on the Andre Ward episode, um, that Errol Spence should rematch Bud because he's already damaged, so he might as well take one more beating for a big paycheck. Andre Ward and Matt Barnes were stunned. So was I. Reckless talk. Yeah, it's, it's like what? Oh, and then, I mean, here's some, we're going to, we got to end it on this, baby. We got to end it on this. Here's some fanboy stuff, right? If Smith knocks out Baturbi of tomorrow, that tells you the levels between Canelo and Baturbi. It tells you all you need to know about what would happen in this fight with Canelo and Baturbi. 
Okay, buddy. Sure. Gotcha. Um, I think, yeah, we, we got to shut this thing down. All right, guys, I'll be back next Tuesday, damn it. I know I've said that before, but I, I really feel like it's going to happen. Anyway, uh, enjoy the fights this weekend. Hopefully we get some barn burners. I'm out.